Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of the Lord today? I don't know how you came in, but our praises have a way of shifting the atmosphere. There's something very special about singing and worshiping when it comes from your heart. I, I, I've said this before, I just want to repeat it, that even if you can't sing, God is so patient. Even when you can't hold a note, I, I've told you before, we have some new people here, but even if you can't hold a note you know, to get yourself out of a paper bag, look how good God is. That when you, because he, he's not looking at what's, what's coming out of your vocal cords. He's actually looking at, what, expecting what's coming out of your heart. Right? So what happens, even if you can't sing, and the only singing you do is in the bathtub or in the shower, but when you sing praise and you let it come out of your heart, God is amazing. One of the first miracles that happens is God puts the, the off-key note on key when it's going through the air before it reaches his ear. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is amazing. We need to send praises first. And it's true that singing has a way of soothing us. Singing has a way of just uh, soothing us and embracing us and preparing us for what is ahead. Thank you, church. Thank you, friends, for making your way from this beautiful city to gather here today. I really appreciate that you navigate whatever it is that you, you know, have to go through, either subway system walking or parking. But you made it here. Uh, you know, and you're, you're here. Praise the Lord. Thank you. And, um, and God is in this place. What happens is that when we praise him, the atmosphere gets shifted. The Bible says clearly that God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you really think about it, and you don't go too far in thinking, but, you know, you have the ability to move heaven. So as we praise him, heaven is moved. God dwells here, and then his presence just surrounds us. I, li I like the word that I choose is that God's glory just envelopes us. You know, like inside of an envelope, he's like, envelopes you all over. And then it gives you the strength, the resolve to be able to make it through. And don't you know that some of us need a lot of God, you know? We need a lot of Jesus. We need a lot of anointing. You know, with what you go through at work and with your neighbors and all, you need a lot of God with fam. Come on, hallelujah. We do. This is the place to gas up. Amen, God is good. I embarked on a teaching back on, in January 2nd, part of our series of the 21 days of fasting and praying. And I, and I presented to you this concept right on, on the 2nd of January uh, about God. Fitting God is the theme of the series. It'll go throughout the whole month. But I started January 2nd. and it, Fitting God into your day. If you, remember, if you recall, I, I made that statement and then I kind of qualified it because I said, is it really possible to fit God, when you start to think about God and how awesome he is, how vast, deep, and how abstract, and even the things that we think we know, we really don't know at the end of the analysis. So is it really possible? Is it really possible? But you know, I, I was, I'm, you know the way I am, I'm daring in my Bible studies and in my Bible teaching. So yeah, fit God into your day. And I qualify this thing by saying that God is just too vast for any human being, any human mind to be able to comprehend. We will never, ever, while we're here on earth, be able to fully understand the, the breadth, width, depth, height of who he is. He is just beyond, beyond. I'm, I'm pre preparing one of the, ser in the series, this concept about transcendent, that God is transcendent. And oftentimes, we make the statement that God is sitting, uh, you know, in the heavens. But in reality, God is sitting over the entire universe and creation. That's a, way above what we're thinking of. And so the statement was that we really never fully grasp the love of God. You know, all we really know about God, as I've stated before, is what's contained in this book. 
And even this book is limited in describing God because this book, God inspired it so that we can get a glimpse of God. So really, God was considering us when he put this book together, when he inspired the, the writers to compile all these books, right? And now we have a Bible. So even the revelation that's here doesn't fully describe God. So back to my, my premise, is it possible then to include this big God in my day? Um, uh, and as I stated back then, I'm repeating today, no. It is impossible. There's just no way we can take God. What God did in order for him to come into human history in the incarnation, we just celebrated Christmas, John chapter 1, the prologue, and I, and I stated this to you, that God had to intentionally in his divine cosmic place, because even calling God a being, is in, we devalue him. Even using our language to describe him as devaluing him. So God, in his cosmic experience of existence, decided up there in his own realm to constrict himself and then be born as a human baby. Why? Because of love. That's why he did it. So in order for us to be able to put God in a box and put him in a 24-hour day, in a 24-hour period, it is impossible. So what I did is I, in order to accommodate me and, and all of us here, is so let's take little, little pieces, little ideas, little concepts, little attributes of God. And, and that's what I've been doing all along. And today what I want to do, if you got my, if you got my, uh, my devotional this week, because I'm writing devotionals every day and I'm putting them on the Facebook page and I'm sending them to you on the, on the email list, you got the devotional about Abba. One of the things about God is that he is uh, Abba. And Abba is an interesting Aramaic word that comes, goes back into biblical history because it's really a term of endearment to say daddy. It's actually more than daddy. It's not father. It's not even papa. It's really the heart connecting, of, of, of the paternal heart connecting with a sibling and vice versa, with a child, uh, vice versa. And Abba Father, it's a term of endearment that, that talks about deep, intimate relationship of a father with creation. And, and uh, a wonderful way of looking at God. So a, a father that loves you that way, an Abba that loves you that way, will never want harm for you. On the contrary, will always want good. You know, I've told you before, my three granddaughters, there's nothing that they could do to offend me. Nothing. Do they get on your nerves? Yeah, 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 they do once in a while. But for me to say, no, there's nothing. When one of them was a little baby, she sneezed on me on this side of my face. Then I held her on this side, and she had a cold. She sneezed on me on this side. And I thought it was the cutest thing that ever happened in the world. Right? So an Abba that really loves you, even when you mess up. Do you know anybody that messed up? Not you, but do you know anybody? Raise your hand if you know somebody that's messed up. <laughs> even when you mess up, the Abba Father still loves you. In fact, even when you mess up with the same mess up again, that Abba Father still loves you. In fact, even when you mess up the mess up again and again, even if you're, you're a habitual messer-upper. <laughs> it's just amazing. So one of the attributes of God, and you know, stop thinking that God is out to get you. No, maybe religion is out to get you. Maybe philosophy is out to get you. But God is not out to get you, because if he wanted, he could. God is out to bless to lavish you with love, to lavish you with his provision. And so that's one way of looking at God. Today what I'd like to do is I'd like to just talk about two, two aspects of God. I want to use um, uh, two uh, Old Testament scriptures. One is found in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. I won't read it, but you want to mark it down and you want to research, uh, look at it later on, but I'll definitely reference it in my comments today. 
And then the second one is, is found in Exodus chapter 15, uh, 15, yes, 15 verses 22 through 26. And both of these passages are really dealing with the people of Israel, but I think we can transfer some of the ideas and elements to our daily living today. And the first one found in Genesis is that whole conversation. And you attend Sunday school, you, you've, you've studied the Bible, you've read, or, if you, or you've heard the story. You know, the whole thing about God calling Abraham and, and telling Abraham, this is what you need to do, you're going to help to liberate the people, and out of you, a, a seeds that cannot be counted will come forth, and I will bless your generations to generations to generations. And remember, in that passage, which is this, the text that I just gave you in Genesis, uh, Abraham was a bit reluctant. Like we are today, when someone asks you to do something that you know you don't have the capacity, the ability to be able to perform it successfully, we have some trepidation. We have like a, we're hesitant to be able to embark in that. I mean, but Abraham was a chronic case of, you know, I just can't do it uh, kind of thinking. And so God there tells him very clearly in that passage that we just read, listen, you need to go forward and do this thing with the people of Israel and guide them and lead them, and he's known to be the father of faith. And he, you know, he gave all of his excuses. I'm too old. You ever, you ever heard people, I'm too old, I'm not qualified. I'm the, my name ends with a vowel, so they'll never you know, let me in there. You know, my, the color of my skin is wrong. You know, I don't, uh, I, I'm not able to, 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 to conjugate verbs the way you do and construct sentences in a way that Shakespeare would be proud. Uh, no, he's presenting excuses, but you know, I, I like, God can be fastidious sometimes. Sometimes he's so unrelenting that he will not give up knocking on the door of your heart. You go here, and you go there, and he's still after your heart. And so in this case, we see that Abraham presents excuses, but God says, no, 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 you, you're going to do it whether you like it or not. Your arms are too short to box, so we're gonna, I'm going to make you do what I want to do. But then he gives him a sense of consolation when he tells him, you know, um, uh, I am the El Shaddai. And the El Shaddai is a concept that comes out from Jewish mind and thinking and philosophy and religion that simply means that God is all-sufficient. Come on, say it with me. God is almighty. 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 And that concept almighty means in El Shaddai that the El Shaddai has all, all power, meaning almighty means all power resides in him. Now, again, language limits us, so it really has its existence, its place inside of God. But it goes a step further. Not only does all power rest in God, but every single inkling of power and authority emanates from God. Emanates from God. That means that he is the, he is the receptacle, if you will. We have to use that word. Again, language limits us. The receptacle of all power. Say all power with me. All power. He's almighty. All of it resides in him. But also he is the source of all authority. And Sometimes we get, let me make a quick application here. We get mixed up in life. We think if I have more people liking me on Facebook, then I'm going to be okay. We think if I have more friends, everything's going to be all right. If I join this next support group, if I do this or that, we get into this legalistic way of, of living. Then, you know, I'm going to tell you, if God is all-powerful, and if God is not only the, re the receptacle of all authority and power, but also uh, the one that all power emanates from him, then why are you plugging into different things? Why not plug into the source? 
And sometimes we exhaust all resources to be able to uh, 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 remediate the problem that we're having in our home with our children. And I, I, I push that, I encourage that. See the counselor, see the, the therapist, go on down that road. But oftentimes we relegate to God, not the last option, but not an option at all. And I'm here to tell you that oftentimes in order for us to be able to get through situations where it seems every door has been closed, is to plug into the source. And I know a source who is all powerful. Not only does it reside in him, but he's willing and able to give that authority and power out. Uh, we, we, we sometimes make the same mistake over and over. We go from the same kind of relationship, we break that one, we go to the same kind of relationship, different names, different city, uh, different restaurant, but the same kind of dynamics, toxicity in a relationship. And then we want to be able to fix it by, by doing the craziness that we do of turning things around and, and disconnecting and, and the rampages and, and, and pity parties that we go into. I'm telling you that the way to live life is not being like that but rather plugging into the source. If he is almighty and all power rests in him, if he is the El Shaddai, then, and he is also the, play, the point of departure of everything that we need in life, then why on God's earth are we plugging into the wrong sources? But watch this, because some of us make a big mistake. Oh, you mean, Pastor, that I need to be religious? No! Sometimes the worst thing we could do is become religious. God is not after religious people. Religious people, religion, what it does is it puts things on us that are not necessarily, they, they have their place, but they not necessarily take us to where we need to go in God. I'm talking about a relationship with God. I'm talking about establishing a throne in your place, a space in your being, in your life, that you allow God to reside there. And then you know that you can plug into the source because he is the El Shaddai, Jehovah El Shaddai, the Almighty One. Perhaps, perhaps, the failures that you had last year, let, let's thank God that the failures from last year are over. Go like this, bye-bye. <laughs> Hallelujah. But perhaps the failures of last year that are trying to be transferred into this new year are simply that you're still going after the same resources to try and get you out. I'm going to tell you, try God, try Jesus. Get connected with the source in your life, and you'll see things start to march a little bit different. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So he is the El Shaddai, but there's another element about the El Shaddai. The El Shaddai is not just uh, the Almighty, but the El Shaddai is also the one that is all-sufficient. Why? Why are you going there? He's got the answer. Why are you going there? He's got the solution. Why are you going over there? Why are you jumping all over the place trying to find? I need new revelation. I need a new anointing. And you get me the other video series of how to build up my faith. Listen to me. I mean, and we spent all this money, go to this conference, that conference, whatever it might be, because that one knocked me down again. Pray for me again. Make me laugh. Make me go to church and feel happy because I need to be happy because I'll be okay. The El Shaddai is all-powerful. But the El Shaddai is all-sufficient. Everything. Say everything with me. Everything you need to have a life that is blessed beyond measure. I'm telling you right now, it isn't things. Look, forget about the $900 million whatever is happening right now. You got it. I see already, I can read your lips. Oh no, Pastor, it's a billion three. 
I wonder if you read more of the papers today than the Bible. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Listen, if you can't manage $10 and you're irresponsible with 10 bucks, we can give you all of Trump's money and you're going to be just as irresponsible. It's not about filling your pockets. It's about filling your heart with God. And we think that's it. You know, some people, it's interesting. I'm certain of this. I'm absolutely right now, there are a million ways that that money has already been spent. You've had those conversations. Oh, if. And we get into this place of fantasy. And we even go to the debate. Pastor Mark, will he take the tithe from that? <laughs> if you didn't give tithes from $10... The expectation on the other side is a $10 expectation. But we have it spent. We have this fantasy. Oh, think, can you think about it? <gasps> He's all sufficient. You know, there are people with a lot of possessions and things that are frustrated in life. There are people that have, and I'm not, I'm not against, you know, be, be wealthy. Do, I mean, that's what God wants to bless you abundantly. Don't let money own you. Don't let money own you, but move on and get stuff. That's I celebrate everybody, every time someone in the church texts me, sends me an email about the new car that they got, the house that they, they whatever. I love that. I love it. It's fantastic. That means you're moving on. You're moving on up to the east side. God is blessing you. That's what God wants to do. Uh, but just remember, in the middle of all of that, that does not give happiness. There are a lot of people living in places of a lot of square footage and are miserable. But then I can point to you to a lot of, especially in our Spanish congregation, even here, some little old ladies, little old men that don't have what people say are anything, but they have joy in their heart. I remember our brother Tuli here from our church decades ago. He, I mean, he was buried in Powder's Field. That's where he ended up being buried. And we went to see him at, at Bellevue Hospital dying of cancer. He had this peace inside of him that money couldn't buy and money couldn't take away. He was going to go into eternity, but he was okay with God. Amen. Got me? Remember, the El Shaddai is not only all-powerful, but he's also the one that is all-sufficient. He will meet all of my needs. And he, 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 God is the source of all our blessings. That's the El Shaddai. You didn't get that job because you're cute. You didn't get that job because you're lucky. You didn't get whatever it is. It's amazing how we talk sometimes. Oh, yeah, I got connections. You don't got any connections. You, can't, you don't got connections to get out of a paper bag, but you think, oh... <laughs> Sometimes we're enjoying today the blessings of people that came before us. And today we're enjoying the blessings of those saints that have gone on to be to et in eternity. And we're, we're enjoying that. And that's what God was telling Abraham. Listen, Abraham, 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 I am El Shaddai. You got to do this because not only am I going to bless you, there'll be countless coming out of your loin. That's what God was telling him. But he says, and I love this part. I really love this part. He says, and generations that will come after you will be blessed because of you. Yeah. That's what it says in the text. I love that. You know what that means? And, and if you notice, notice in the text, there was no qualifier there. God was not saying, if your generation, your sons and daughters and grandkids and future generations that come out of you will behave, I'm going to bless them. No. God is saying, I'm, going to, I'm making a covenant with you that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your generation. Never mind how they live. Parents, listen to me right now. Listen to me right now. 
Never mind, what, right now they're bringing embarrassment to your, to your life or they're, 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 they're uh, up today and down tomorrow and you don't know where, you don't know how to greet them because you know how, it's gonna co how the conversation is going to go. Let me just tell you, if you remain faithful to God, if you honor God today, he will honor the covenant he's making with you and your kids can't help but be blessed. Hallelujah. Listen to me, I'm telling you the truth. He, 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 it's a covenant. Covenants cannot be amended. They cannot be changed. They can't, they're already, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. It is, or in, in our urban vernacular, it be. Jack. Just is. <laughs> and we, 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 that's the El Shaddai. He was telling Abraham, Abraham, listen to me. If you do what I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to take care of your generations. It's there in the text. I don't know, but as a parent, I'm, my sons can't help me be blessed. My three granddaughters can't help me be blessed. And later on, if I live to, to see the subsequent generation, they can't help to be blessed. Church, we are a, let me tell you something. Uh, just this weekend, the second senior pastor of this church passed away, uh, Reverend uh, uh, Pedro Rosario. An incredible leader, a man that was able to, incredible leader in many ways. Very strict, very strict until the last day of his life. But this man, he, listen to me closely, he is the one that navigated this church through one of the most difficult periods. We're a, a church that's 62 years old. And he was the one, he became the general contractor in building this building because we couldn't afford to build the building. And today, we're sitting inside of this building that's worth a whole bunch of money. I won't tell you how much. If you're into real estate, you can calculate. A whole bunch of money was sitting inside of this building because that man that went away, away this weekend told God, yes, he came here to New York to study when he was 17 years old to become a medical doctor. God messed up his plans. Anybody can say hallelujah about that? And God said, no, 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 doctor, pastor of a church and a Spanish Puerto Rican church nonetheless in the Lower East Side on East Broadway. He had no plans, but he told the Lord, yes, God made a covenant with him. And God, that scripture comes to life. Not only will I bless you, but I'm going to bless. And here we are today, enjoying the, you know how much it costs to, wait, wait, before we get all excited, you know how much it costs to build this building? Because he became the general contractor, $90,000 to build this building. You go, I, I love cars. I've seen cars that are worth much more than that. I was watching HGTV yesterday because I love that show. It makes me forget about stuff. <laughs> and they were renovating this house. The guy went to buy a door. The door was like $75,000. A door. I'll make it for him. A door. My, po my point is this. He was able to do that sacrificially. Back to Reverend Rosario. It was through him that I became, I went into ministry. I wasn't looking for ministry. I Doing fine in Wall Street. Leave me alone. Him. And here I'm enjoying the benefits. We all are enjoying the benefits of this giant of a man that appeared on the history of this church. So, so, so imagine if you hold true to the covenant that God has made over your life, where, where your children will be, where your subsequent generations. I, I keep saying it. You honor God and your children can't help but be blessed. The El Shaddai is the source of all blessings. He, and you know what happens? When we talk about blessings, we're always thinking about the big thing. Oh, yeah, I want the Empire State Building kind of blessing. I want the, that's the blessing. That's all, because that's a testimony. And we sometimes forget that God takes care of, uh, uh, you know, drivers will understand that. I love the blessing of finding parking in New York. 
It's happened. You know, you're driving, going around the block for it seems like the millionth time. You can see yourself aging looking for parking. White knuckling, you're going around East Broadway, and why do they have to have this church here? I'm going to see if I, when I hit the lot, I'm going to buy them a new building somewhere in the suburbs of where there's parking. All right, that's Ah, all these carnal thoughts come into your mind. And then you stop for a moment and you say, oh, Lord, please give me a parking. And boop, somebody pulls out. Drivers? Your stress level goes down. Then you feel guilty for thinking those carnal thoughts. Can't believe what they did, right? Those are blessings that are in God. I think I told you last year I went to buy a coat, right? I went to the store, one of these name brand stores. My wife and I went, and it was like 300 bucks for the coat. And we go over there, we buy it. I liked it. It fit me real nice. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go. Winter time, you know, why not have a nice coat? And we knew that it was like a sale, kind of discounted stuff, and it was a $300 coat. So when I, I said, well, it's going to be a lot of money, but maybe with the discounts, it would be a lot less money. I take it to the lady, and I remember the lady rings it up, she, you know, the, 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 uh, the barcode. She scans it, and the scan code says, I think it was like $15. $18, baby? Okay, $18. It was $8. Well, I got to sit down. That was a big blessing. $8? It was $8? Wow. But it was a, a, a $300 coat. I told, and I said, but $8? And it's a coat. You have a, you know, I liked it. It, liked, it looked good on me. And I, I still, I'll wear it next Sunday, no matter how warm it is. I'll wear it so you can see it. And she said, and I tell the lady, um, uh, it, it, that, there's got to be something wrong. You ever get a blessing that you want to, like, send it back? Yeah. Guilty? Any guilty people here? He blesses you. You know, the apartment is yours. The house is yours. Your, all that is yours. The raise is yours. But no, 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 it can't be. Because we pray for something. Then when he brings it to us, we don't want it. So I tell the lady, lady, scan it again. She says, sir. What is it, $8 with you? She said, sir, it's $8. Take it. The computer doesn't lie. Just, I took the money out, paid it, put on my coat, and got out of it. Now, you can get all theological on me, but I can get just as theological with you. God was with us that day. And God gave me a wink. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pick up the book. Pick up the book and you'll know what I'm talking about. God gave me a wink. He winks at you when he gives you that parking. He winks at you when the pressed button and the elevator door opens for you. When you get to your apartment building and nobody did things on the floor, the floor is clean. Hallelujah. He winks at you when you go and the train is there and there's a seat for you. He winks at you. And, and sometimes, because again, we devalue God. We're expecting, oh, open the, part the waters and, you know, that mountain move over there. And we forget that sometimes it's in the, you know, you're going to do an interview. Or you're going to renew your license. You're going somewhere. And, and the stories of the person on the other side of the counter is that they're, you know, they're the devil in, uh, personified. And then you get there and you're waiting on the line anticipating this person to chop your head off. And you've got so many documents in front to prove that you are who you are. So have the right number of points so they can, they can tell you they're validating whatever they're validating. And you're sweating bullets and say, oh God, help me. And the person is there and they have the meanest look to ever come out of hell sitting on the other side of that counter. And you're walking in and gingerly praying. And then you get there all of a sudden the bell rings and it's time for a coffee break. And that person goes and an angel. <laughs> Is that real? Is that real? Is that real? You know, you hear horror stories. That person, if, that, if you get that person giving you the test, it's over. If you get that teacher in college for that course, forget about it. He doesn't like people like you and like me. Forget it. And you go in there, all of a sudden, they get promoted. And you get somebody that loves people that are like you and me. 
Come on, that's, that's El Shaddai. That's the God that blesses us. And church, all I want to do is make the point that thank him for the things, the big things, but thank him for the things that seem small because God is El Shaddai. He's the almighty one. He's the all-sufficient one, but he's also the one that provides all blessings. That's the kind of God. And God was telling Abraham, don't worry. What you need, I'm going to take care of. Because always, God will never ask you. You know, God has a way of crushing you first before he moves you somewhere else. He just has a way of crushing you. And oftentimes we think that we can't. You're right, you can't. By yourself, you can't. But with God by your side, give me the mountain. With God by your side, give me the task. With God by your side, give me the new year. With God by your side, you can face whatever is ahead of you. Hallelujah. Come on, give them a clap off in the praise for me. El Shaddai. Include that God into your day today. The next one I want to talk about is the final one. Is this concept called Jehovah Rafi or Jehovah Rapha. Amen. And simply that's, the, again, Jewish, Jewish thinking. Rapha is healer. So it is Jehovah our healer. The text that I'm using for that is found in Exodus. And it's an interesting, I, I chose this passage. It's a little bit pushing it, but it's, it's a good one, I think. And then I'll give you some other ones in a few moments. That's the one in Exodus chapter 15. And really the gist of that story found in Exodus 15 is that the people were drinking bitter water, and so God moves Moses. And you know, the people were complaining. Uh, do, you know, do you know that people complain? Anybody living on earth right now? You, you, you know people, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to try to get people not to complain. People will, you're talking to one person, they say, man, that suit looks good on you. And you turn around to meet somebody that says, you gain weight? <laughs> Isn't it true? Right? Isn't it true? You get a haircut, so he says, man, that haircut is like, woo! Turn around and greet somebody that says, what happened to you? <laughs> Isn't it true? Yes. Poor Moses. We, we always criticize Moses, you know, that the people drove him to, 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 to hit the rock when God told him to speak to it. People will drive you crazy. People will drive you crazy. You know, you come into the sanctuary. It's too hot. Two seconds later, Pastor Will is too cold. Two seconds later, is the air conditioning working here? Three seconds later. Uh, have those lights been changed? Because they seem kind of dim. There is no way. So here, here's what I want you to do. For, say the following. I'm forgetting to try and please people. I'm committing to pleasing God. Amen? So look at this. Look at this. So in this text, the people were complaining to Moses. And so what God tells Moses' instructions, he said, you know, you'll, you'll read it. It's a really nice story. Uh, and, and Moses, in obedience to God, ends up being used by the Lord to change the water from mada, from being bitter to being sweet. And I, I chose this text for the following uh, uh, reason when we're talking about a Jehovah Rafi or Jehovah Rapha, the healer, God the healer. Because I think so many of us limit the healing power of God to physical healing. I think that we believe that the blood of Jesus on the cross and our faith in action with him brings about just physical healing. But I'm here to tell you that there's some other things that Jehovah Rafi or Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah the healer will provide for us. Because there's some people that on the outside look perfect, but inside they live depressed, disconnected, anguished lives. I believe that God heals the emotions as well. 
I believe that there are people that on the outside look perfectly well. Their cholesterol levels are at the right place. Everything, their pulse rate is correct. I mean, they're, they're, all, all their numbers are in order, but they live completely, completely negative all their lives. And you see them on the outside, and they look fine. I believe that God wants to heal also negativity. Uh, they're individuals that on the outside look perfectly well. They've never been to a doctor because they don't need a doctor. Even their teeth are perfect. Never been to a dentist. And everything looks perfectly fine on the outside. But they're people that are afraid of people. And they'd rather be in their room with their light off in a corner, not talking to anyone, and coming out as infrequently as possible. I believe that Jehovah Rapha is the healer. Oh, come on. Hallelujah for that as well. In fact, I'll submit to you the following, that most of our ailments are not really physical at all. The physical is simply a manifestation of the things that are happening inside of our mind. Do you know that you could will yourself to have a headache? Do you know that you could will yourself to have a stomach pain? Do you know that you could will yourself to feel yourself getting older and actually get older because the mind is very powerful. The mind can be wicked or can be a blessing and it can take you to places that you don't even know. The mind is that convinces you that they didn't greet me because they don't like me. They didn't see you because they wear glasses. They didn't see you. But you convince yourself that they didn't greet me because they don't like me. And then you go for the rest of your life bitter, low self-esteem, not connecting with anybody because that person did not greet me. They don't like me. The mind, the mind, the mind. I believe that God wants to heal your body, but I also believe he wants to heal your mind as well. It is in your mind that you live a life of purpose or you live a life of complete destruction. It is in your mind that you realize that you can make it or not make it. Those images, or those, those constructs ha happen inside between your two ears. And I believe God wants to touch your mind. Uh, uh, people living in depression, people uh, li living uh, 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 with conditions inside of them that on the outside they look great and they can function to degrees and all of a sudden you see them checking out of your journey in life and it's simply because they've gone into this deep dark hole. And if God wants to heal people in that situation as well, oh, we got awfully quiet in here today. You know, you seem to be able to want to actualize your life uh, simply by going in and out of relationships because that's how you think you're adding value to who you are. And I'm here to tell you that God wants to heal you of that dependency on other people. Some people won't function unless they get the affirmation of somebody else to tell you, you know, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. There's nobody more beautiful than you. No one's smarter than you. Then you can function. And your skin uh, uh, is not thick enough to take it when some critique comes your way and you fall apart. Why am I talking to somebody here today? So Jehovah, our healer. And not only heals me, I believe that he can heal. And you name the sickness, cancer. You name the sickness, uh, uh, your, your, your di diabetes. You name the sickness, back problems, migraine, headaches. I was healed from, from uh, 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 I had uh, uh, asthma when I was a little boy growing up here in the Lower East Side. The, the lead coming out of the Williamsburg Bridge clogged up my lungs. And, and as a little boy, I, couldn't, I remember not being able to breathe. It wasn't the doctors that healed me. It was that God healed the physical ailments in my body. So God can heal. How many people here have, have received physical healing? Absolutely. Uh, but I want to expand that today, that maybe what you need is not a touch of God to command those organs to function right. Maybe you need to get yourself in the right state of mind. Maybe you need a double portion of the Holy Spirit in your life that will let you know that you, you have value. That you can, otherwise you come in and out of relationships. Otherwise you, you overspend. You don't have enough money for anything. But it's not that you don't have. It's just simply you don't have any control. And you figure that's the way I'm going to buy people and buy friends by buying them things. Or oh, am I speaking to somebody here today? Jehovah Rapha, our healer. I believe what God, when, when you look at the Old Testament and then you relate the connection to the New Testament theology, 
God wants us to be well. Well is not just being healed. Well is being balanced. When I talked about shalom the other day that I was uh, uh, teaching you on that, uh, that part, that's having a well-balanced life in every area. Because church, you know it's true. More than half of the ailments that we have are anywhere because of our bad eating patterns. You don't need a doctor. You just need to sew half your mouth. Don't look at your neighbor when I said that. <laughs> Some of you here right now, you already planned what you're going to eat. Right? Soon, can't wait till he finishes. We have reservations. Isn't it true? And the interesting thing, I got to go to the doctor. I have to go to the doctor. We go, the doctor tells us we still put more salt than we should put on. We still go the fried, fruit, uh, fried food way. We still do. Do you know that when God created us in the Garden of Eden, he didn't put teeth inside of you to eat meat? Did you know that? Yes. Did you know that? Yes. Oh, pastor, don't go there, please. Not the steak. <laughs> don't talk bad about the steak. No. It's true. Your dentist, if he's an honest dentist or she's an honest dentist, will tell you. Molar teeth are not about tearing meat. It's about chewing vegetables and fruits and nuts. Suck in your thumb. <laughs> Meat? Do you have teeth like a lion? No. So even physiologically, the way we are, we, God created us, and I'm, all I'm saying is that oftentimes we're praying. Here's what we do. We get nervous because we really have, here's, here's the triggers. We have emotional imbalances. That causes us to want to have comfort. So we go comfort with food, and it's uh, 10 o'clock at night, so we end up going to comfort ourselves. We eat stuff we shouldn't eat. Then we have a belly ache at the 3 o'clock in the morning because we ate comfort food, which was really triggered because we have a mental situation of feeling insufficient. So it made us eat the stuff that we shouldn't have eaten, which was fried, which was left three days in the refrigerator, but we recooked it, nuked it in the microwave, put it in our belly, and then now we have upset stomach, we have uh, uh, stuff coming up, and we really don't feel good. We have pain here, 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 here. And then call in the morning, 1-800, please pray for me because I need healing. You don't need healing. Come on, hallelujah. You don't need healing. I, I just want to bring it down to the very fundamental areas of understanding. Fundamental one, Healing is more than, than, than sickness and body, physical. Healing encompasses more. Number two, a lot of the stuff that we go through is simply, some folks have already told me they embarked on the, on, how many people are fasting with me, the 21-day Daniel fast? And many of you have come to talk, talk to me and tell me how you feel much better. Yeah, that's proof right there. You're still eating, but you're eating better. And some, somebody today told me as well that they're thinking about including this in their daily once the fast is over, just continue eating healthy. That's what you do. That's what I did five years ago when we went on the fast. And, you know, this actually works. Let me stop that. You know, think about it. We, we eat these barrels of ice cream, and then we take, what is it called, lactate pills to try to, maybe it's the ice cream. And I love ice cream. I'm guilty. I like smearing it on my skin. I love ice cream. Hallelujah. But you think about it. Think about it for a moment, you know. I'm Puerto Rican Latino. I love uh, so cuchifrito stuff. But you know, you, you try them, you're tempted, you try it, but then you, you gotta move. You realize, I don't have it anymore because otherwise it's gonna kill me. And then I come up here with an attitude and then I'll take it out on you. <laughs> My stomach is upset. El Shaddai. Jehovah Rapha. He heals. But let me, let me go a little further. Third element I wanna talk about healing and then I'm gonna call you up. Third element about healing is that and this one might take some of you by surprise. But when God is Jehovah Rapha, he wants to free us of all sickness. If we teach 
that really the place where there is no sickness, no pain, no shadow, no dirt, no gossip, none of that stuff, is in heaven, then I, I, I submit for your careful intellectual consideration that perhaps the ultimate healing for us is that when we leave this earth and go into heaven. Now, I'm not saying let's die. I don't want to die. I don't think you want to die either. But I'm just saying that that is also, why is this important for what I just stated? Because oftentimes I'm praying, Lord, I want a miracle. I, want a, I need a miracle for my family member. I want Lord, lift up my mom. I'm believing. I'm, and then what happens? It doesn't happen. They go on. You're praying for healing. You got healing based on how I just de defined it. The person went on to eternity. And we say, oh, God didn't do it. No, no, no. God is a God that heals. And oftentimes, as hard as it is, sometimes it is God's purpose and plan. Catherine Coleman was asked, why, aren't they, why isn't everybody healed? She says, I don't know. That's in the heart and mind of God. And it's true, but, but healing is also that place where the Lord takes you, woos you, woos your spirit and soul into him, into your eternal rest. Because that's where there's going to be no pain, no sorrow, no disease. So I submit to you that when we pray healing, have, and, we, and we invoke uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, understand that he is sovereign. He is satisfied within himself. He will do what he's going to do. Renders no account to anyone. He'll heal our body. He'll heal our spirit. He'll heal, heal our soul. He'll touch our minds so that we can get away from all of the stuff I just described. I'm not going to re-preach that point. All the stuff that's beyond the physical but manifests itself uh, uh, in our flesh, all of that. But also understand that the Lord is a God that ultimately makes a decision about our beginning, in our end here on earth. Amen? When you understand that now, and let me wrap it, and now we can take this big God, El Shaddai, Jehovah Rapha, and fit him into our day. Today, he wants to heal you. Today, he wants to take away that craziness that happens in your mind at 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't shut it off. Today, he wants to make you a better man, a better woman, a better husband, a better wife, a better single person, a better young person, a better child. Today, the Lord wants to restore you because that's what God, that's how God rolls. That's what God wants to do in your life today. Let's stand throughout this place. Every head be bowed and eye be closed. I want to pray. Start preparing your hearts. I'm going to ask, actually invite you to come up. There's two scriptures as you're standing. Three scriptures that I want to read real quickly. And I really mean that. Exodus 3 says, Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. That's a great verse connecting food with sickness, Exodus 23, 25. Look at what Psalm 103, 2 and, 2 and 3 says. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives your sins and heals your diseases. And watch this one in the New Testament, James, uh, Bishop James here. We find it, uh, James 5, 14. If anyone is, is anyone sick among you, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. And we have there the outline for being able to have the blessing of healing in your body, in your mind, and in your spirit. And what I want to do today, uh, and we're preparing our hearts already, what I want to do today is to, to anoint you with oil and to pray. Don't tell me what the ailment is. Again, some of it is not physical, some of it is inside. But you, I want to join my faith with yours. And I know that God is a God of the miracles. 
I know that. I know that. I know that. It's all, all resides in him. I want to anoint you with oil. And I'm going to ask you in a few moments, I'm going to make a brief prayer, then ask you to just line up in the center. I'm actually going to go down there, and then I'm going to anoint you with oil, and then the ushers will guide you to assemble up here. And then I'm going to do a prayer blanketing everybody. Uh, but right after this prayer, if you need healing in your body, in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, you'll step out of the aisle and you'll stand in the center. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, I come before you in the name of Christ, your son, standing in obedience, in obedience to you, Lord. A miracle is something that the mind cannot wrap its head around, but reality cannot be denied. That's a miracle. So, Father, I pray today for the miraculous, that you will get the honor and the glory, Lord, as, you, as you've done with me, Lord, that we, you will be able to work a miracle as we join our faith together, my brothers and sisters here today. We want to follow the example found in, found in, the, in the New Testament, Lord. We will anoint with oil. We will pray in the name of Jesus. And we will receive healing in his name. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.